Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. If you want to listen live, all you have to do is download the iHeartRadio app and search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Also, if you want to catch this show on video, be sure to check out Zumo TV, channel 719. That's where you can find SportsGrid's Fantasy Sports Network. Enjoy the show, and thanks so much for listening. It's Fantasy Sports Today. Uh, good morning. Welcome in. This is Fantasy Sports Today for the 3rd of March, 2020. Craig Mish along with Frank Stample here on the show. Great to be with you here on Sports Grid. We got Chris Pavona producing as always. And coming up in a couple of minutes, we're going to get a Sports Grid update with Dan Strafford. But a um, lot to get to today here on the show. It is our first of many team previews in 2020. So today we'll focus in on the Toronto Blue Jays. We'll talk about their starting lineup, some potential sleepers on their team, their rotation. And, um, you know, Blue Jays are really one of those teams that just took a, a simple step back last year to maybe take two steps forward. They'll have a pretty high uh, draft pick coming up here in June. But in the offseason, they did spend some money. Will that be worth it? Were the moves that they made enough to put them in relevance in the American League East? Well, we certainly will see about that. But um, the big story as far as uh, fantasy and reality today is uh, is this morning the general manager of the New York Yankees, Brian Cashman, stating that not only will uh, John Carlos Stanton be unlikely for opening day, but now it looks like Aaron Judge is too. And I think that kind of, you know, trying to read between the lines, and I hate to do this with injuries, is that we just simply haven't heard anything on Judge since last week when they said that he was undergoing some testing and now they're having him undergo some more testing. And uh, another shame of of fantasy, of, of drafting early. You know, one of those things where Stanton, there was some definite injury risk baked in no matter what. I mean, you knew that there was a chance of that happening. Uh, but Aaron Judge, uh, over the course of his minor league career and even early on in his major league career, wasn't really showing any signs of this sort of stuff. And then last year it began, and it seems like it's reared its head again. And imagine, uh, you know, paying $20, $30 for... Uh, for Aaron Judge at an auction, or imagine taking him as a third-round pick in the month of February. It just goes to show and really emphasizes the point, while both of these players, uh, Judge and Stanton, had some injury risk going into the season, you, again, are just better off if you have uh, high stakes or you have money involved, and these are your targets waiting until right before the season. And uh, last week, I discussed this as well, as it pertains to the uh, totals the uh, props for all of these players and their home runs and their hits and everything else. I mean, why not wait right before the season to bet anything on Judge or Stan or bet the under before you have before they have a chance to adjust because of injury? It's uh, it's one of those springs again where we're seeing all kinds of injuries pop up and it's almost impossible to get ahead of it this early on with still 23 days until the season begins. All right, coming up next we got a Dan Strafford Sports Grid update. Don't go away. Well, Craig, as you just described, the judge potentially benched. Updates for two Yankee stars. Judge is without a specific timetable to return with that. Is now deemed a pectoral issue. 
judge is expected to miss opening day or at least projected as so as of right now. Yankees general manager Brian Cashman also saying on Tuesday that while opening day is unrealistic for Giancarlo Stanton, they do expect him back at some point in April. Stanton suffered a grade one strain of his right calf last week. Stephen Matz was sent home from Mets camp on Tuesday due to illness. Matz will skip his scheduled bullpen session as a result, but the Mets will still have him on tap to make his next scheduled start on Friday. No word on whether or not this illness is a result of trade rumors to the Yankees. Edwin Encarnacion has returned to the starting lineup for the White Sox. Encarnacion missed a few days due to a minor back issue. Cody Bellinger was scratched from Monday's Cactus League lineup due to side discomfort. Seems like this is an abundance of caution from the Dodgers. And as I said before, Stephen Matz rumored to be the eye of the Yankees right now. Miguel Andujar could be a player of interest coming back for the Mets. That's in a story from Mike Puma and Ken Davidoff of the New York Post. In the NBA, Hornets guard Devontae Graham is doubtful for Tuesday versus the Spurs. That's with a left ankle issue. Anthony Davis remains questionable. Pretty much evergreen content there for the NBA season, but for the Lakers tonight, he is questionable. We'll take a quick look here on upcoming games. Anthony Davis and the Lakers hosting the 76ers. No line as of that one because of Davis with the Q tag. Timberwolves at Pelicans, minus 11.5 for the Pels, 247 and a half over under in that one. In the NFL, ESPN's Jenna Lane first to report the Cowboys are expected to use the franchise tag on Dak Prescott. That needs to be done by March 10th. I'm Dan Straffer, and this has been your Sports Grid News Update. All right, thanks very much, Dan. And let's bring in Frank Stample, who is in New Jersey today, and uh, similar to me for the first couple of weeks of this show, uh, because of some construction that's going on at the FanDuel Sportsbook. We do have Frank today. Uh, but we don't get to look at his sharp haircut. We only get to hear from him today. So, Frank, uh, good morning. And, um, you know, look, I, I don't think that there's any real shift in in plans for Giancarlo Stanton, but it's really inter- it's really interesting. And I'll tell this little story here is that we got to, like, um, the halfway point of the League of Alternative Baseball Reality Mixed League draft, and Steve Gardner of the USA Today was the auctioneer. And Stanton in the 12-team mixed league uh, auction went for $8. And I thought that that was, you know, pretty good value getting it. And I said to Steve, I said, you know, um, you know, Stanton going for 8 is pretty good value. And, you know, I'm curious to see what Judge goes for because I don't think that I would pay a lot for him either, not knowing what the status is. And Steve was real quick to come back. Oh, no, you know, uh, you know, uh, you know, I paid full price for him last night. I'm not really all that worried about it. I'm like, OK, Steve, OK. And here we are, Frank. Um, uh, you know, I'm actually a little bit more worried about Judge than I am on Stanton right now, Frank, because of the uncertainty. I know what Stanton's going to be. Stanton's going to come back. He's going to get 350 plate appearances this year. He's going to be a DH. And that's what we'll be drafting him for in 2021. I don't know about Judge, man. I mean, this this could be. Uh, more uh, look it's impossible to speculate we don't know but I'm more worried let's put it that way yeah and I think that makes a lot of sense good morning Craig Mish we get to look at your beautiful haircut so that that'll that'll do go. the job for now but look when it comes to Aaron Judge and Giancarlo Stanton I gotta agree with you man when things are so hush hush when it comes to Aaron Judge the fact that they keep sending him for tests that means either they don't know what's going on which obviously is not a good thing or they do know and they don't really want to reveal to the public how bad it is right now so very worried about Aaron Judge and I said this at the time when we did our outfield rankings Craig I'm just worried about guys that are built like this 
They haven't been able to stay healthy. Stanton, Judge, last year Joey Gallo with the oblique. Even Miguel Sano, he's not really you know a bodybuilder like these guys, but he is a bigger body human being, and you know uh, he hasn't been able to stay healthy the past couple of years either. So I just worry about all these players. Uh, and now we're just getting this on Twitter. I just saw from Ian Brown, uh, Boston Red Sox beat reporter. Chris Sale experienced soreness in his elbow after live BP. He had an MRI. Results will be sent to Dr. James Andrews. So all along when we heard the flu, pneumonia, I kept doing the quotation marks. Why is that? Yeah, because this guy dealt did. with an elbow injury last year, and now we're getting this update on Chris Sale. So Sale goes down again. Judge not ready for opening day. Giancarlo Stanton not ready for opening day. Craig Mish, you are a genius. Do not draft early. Well, I mean, can you sell? I mean, there's a lot of people who are against me on this, though, still. And and there are a lot of people who every year fight me on this and say I have I have the wrong approach because of the groupthink. And that if you draft a month ago, you could get Tatis Jr. in the third round and you could get Zach Gallen in the 10th round. And because of the helium, it's better to do it in January. I, I don't think so. I, I think there's too much risk. I mean, Frank, Look, if, if it's a free draft or if it's $20 or $10 or whatever, that's fine. But you're telling me you're going to put $500 up or $1,000 in January and one of your top five picks in the draft is like derailed for the year? I'm sorry. I'm not, I'm not doing that. Now, look, you should right. still be able to rebound and you should still be able to have a good season. But, I mean, and, and look, and, and this is coming from somebody who covers baseball. And thinking that I would know what's going on. I need as much data as information as possible. It is the night before the season. That is the best time to draft. The end. And Craig, for every one value that you get, and I do agree, right? If, for people who make that argument, there are going to be values, right? Players are moving up draft boards right now. We see it with the Helium guys, Frankie Montas, Zach Gallen, Max Freed. These guys continue to climb. It wouldn't surprise me if by the middle of March, you know, these guys are going in the 6th, 7th round. It wouldn't surprise me. A couple of weeks ago, they were going, you know, ninth, 10th round. They're right about that. But for every one of those players that you get a value on, we're losing one, two, three players that are going inside the top three rounds, Craig. There's too much risk involved with that. Judge now, Stanton, Chris Sale, Mike Clevenger, Luis Severino. The list goes on and on. So uh, I understand what you were saying all along. I mean, I agreed with you. And I said, look, I just draft because I want to know what's going on right now. And I understand that I, you know, I'm probably going to end up getting screwed over by one of these injuries. And it happened. I drafted James Paxson an hour later. It came out. The guy had surgery, and he's missing the next you know, uh, two to three months, whatever it might be at the time with James Paxson. So I realized what I was getting myself into at the time. But when it comes to the high stakes we're talking about the main event those are the drafts and the online championships that you have to wait until at least the middle of March the end of March closer to opening day because you're right Craig I mean look at all the injuries we've had thus far and I guarantee you we're probably going to get a handful more before opening day that's just the way it goes every single year in spring training I, I don't think we're done seeing the end of injuries yet here Craig no, you didn't even mention Blake Snell. He's a little bit uncertain, too. I mean, you're talking right, about five, five guys yep. in the top 20 or or top 30. And so, look, I mean, I, I get it. And, and look, I don't claim to be the best NFBC high-stakes player in the world or even close. I'm not and would not even claim to be. But I just think that from a conceptual standpoint, it just doesn't make sense to endure risk uh, when money is on the line, like when you're betting on sports as a rule, would you like less or more probability? Would you like less or more luck? And you'd want, of course you want less more probability, probability and less luck. 
yeah. you want look, the bottom the bottom line is is that you want to eliminate any pitfalls that you possibly can so why even take that risk just so you could get one player that you like more three or four rounds ahead the risk is there to lose a player for the season and why and then and now you you're just basically I mean, you're not flushing $500 down the toilet. I get that, or a thousand, or whatever it is. I, I'm, I'm not. I don't want to go that far with it because come June and July, other teams are going to have that too. But the answer that's always told to me is that you don't know who's going to get hurt in May, and you don't know who's going to get hurt in April, and isn't that the same thing? And, and the answer is no, <laughs> because you can do a draft. You can eliminate that from the process by having your players going into the season without having to invest in that player. All right, uh, coming up next, we are going to have a little three up, three down, and then our Toronto Blue Jays preview uh, for fantasy baseball starts today. This is Sports Grid, Craig and Frank here with you, and we'll be back right after this. Don't go away. DailyRoto.com. Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you premier advice. We play every day. All major sports, all year round, we never stop. Industry-leading DFS tools and custom projections. And now, the DailyRoto.com Optimizer. In minutes, build an optimized lineup for cash games and tourneys. Learn from the game's best DFS players. Join DailyRoto.com. Fantasy Sports Today with Craig Mish and Frank Stanford. Now what goes up must come down. Three up, three down. What does three up and three down mean to you, Airman? End of an inning. And good morning. Welcome back. It's Fantasy Sports Today. Time to play a little three up, three down. Craig and Frank here with you until one o'clock on the East. We've got our Toronto Blue Jays preview today here on the show. So uh, let's get started so we can get to the Blue Jays, scintillating Blue Jays for an hour. Okay, uh, I'll start off yesterday with the spring training game. Uh, Chicago Cubs playing in the game had Anthony Rizzo mic'd up for his at-bats. Uh, said some really funny stuff, took some shots at the Astros, uh, also said he thought a fastball was coming, got the fastball, got a hit, said, I'm going for two, and then said, no, I'm not, just some really funny stuff. Uh, miking up the players is definitely the way to go for sure. Baseball wants more excitement, you want more fun, take us a little bit behind the game, let us see some more, and I thought that that was really cool. Probably can't do that in-game, but maybe more interviews during the game, I don't know, uh, but figure out more of that engagement, which is what we want to see. Uh, speaking of TV, Chipper Jones hired by ESPN, another uh, really good hire. I guess Chipper wanted to take a few years off, uh, you know, had a new family, new baby, all that stuff. But Chipper is great, uh, very candid. I could see him becoming a star on uh, on TV. This is the kind of guy you want that's not going to hold back and he's going to let it fly a little bit. Now, I'm not going to make the comparison to Tony Romo and I'm not going to make the comparison to Charles Barkley or the people who we put at the pinnacle as far as former athletes are concerned. But I have a feeling that there's not going to be a lot of holding back from Chipper Jones. So that has to be trending up for me as well. And then finally, with all the bad news for pitchers, there, of course, is some good news. Yesterday, Chris Paddock made the start for the San Diego Padres through three shutout innings. I mean, Paddock is just one of those guys going into the season that... It feels like he could be on the brink of greatness, could end up maybe as a top five pitcher in fantasy. I think there's that chance. And by the way, with all these guys going down, why not include him in that category at this point? We've already lost a ton of them. So uh, that's what's trending up for me. I got uh, Anthony Rizzo enjoying that mic'd up segment. 
uh, Chipper Jones heading over to TV. And Frank, I got Chris Paddock looking good yesterday on the mound. I caught some of that game as well. So those are my three trending up topics for me. How about you? Yeah, and I love the Anthony Rizzo mic'd up yesterday, taking the shots at the Houston Astros. That was awesome. You could tell that the uh, whoever was broadcasting the ESPN game didn't know what to say. They didn't know how to respond to Anthony Rizzo taking the That's shots at shot. the Astros, but I thought it was great. Uh, it, was, it was really funny to see. Chris Paddock, I agree with you, man. Uh, and I think it's a conversation worth having at some point. With all these arms going down, Blake Snell, Chris Sale, guys like Chris Paddock are being pulled up the board now. I mean, these are guys that are going to climb into the third round. Normally, you were getting Paddock and Nola in the fourth round. I think we're going to start to see some of these guys creep into the third round, and, and rightfully so. Look, if that curveball is working for Chris Paddock this season, I'm with you. I think he could take that next step and potentially be a top-10 starting pitcher. Speaking of good pitching performances, nobody is talking about these pitchers Craig, but we will. Later on today, we will be talking about Matt Shoemaker and the Toronto Blue Jays rotation, but he made his spring debut yesterday, coming back from a torn ACL last year. Two and two-thirds innings pitched, one hit, five strikeouts. The swing and miss stuff for Matt Shoemaker is absolutely there, has a devastating uh, splitter, just needs to stay healthy. Matt Shoemaker, someone in deeper leagues, I've been taking shots on uh, late in these drafts. I'm, I'm definitely interested in Matt Shoemaker. And Justice Sheffield, another name no one's talking about, former top prospect, traded from the Yankees to the Seattle Mariners in the James Paxton trade, made another appearance yesterday. Three innings pitched, two hits, one and run, four strikeouts. The strikeouts were never in question for Justin Sheffield. It's a matter of limiting hard contact and not giving up as many free passes as he has in the past. You look at the minor league numbers, the strikeouts are there for Justice Sheffield at every single level. Maybe he's someone who str uh, struggles with the whip throughout the course of the season. Maybe he's a Robbie Ray type where he gives up some home runs, struggles with uh, ERA and whip, but someone that can give you strikeouts. He's another late round name that I'm paying attention to. That is Justice Sheffield of the Seattle Mariners. My second trending up story, Craig, I don't know if you saw this yesterday, the New York Knicks are undefeated in the Leon Rose era, took over as the president, gave the team a pep talk before the game. He was in attendance in the crowd yesterday, and they somehow defeated the Houston Rockets, one of the best teams in the NBA, R.J. Barrett, the Knicks rookie. Their prized possession was absolutely money yesterday, 27 points, sealed the deal with a late layup in that game. Really fun game to watch last night, the Knicks somehow knocking off the Houston Rockets. And last but not least, for senior night, I don't know if you saw this one yet, uh, yet, Craig, but it's trending on Twitter right now. Jackson State's student manager, Thomas Snacks Lee, suited up for the Tigers and buried a Steph Curry distance three-pointer. The crowd and the broadcast went absolutely berserk. They went crazy for this guy. And I'm telling you, they don't call him Snacks because, you know, he's eating everything on the court right now. This is this is a bigger boy. This is a plump boy, and he's out there banging some Steph Curry three-pointers uh, deep behind the three-point line. So that was really cool to watch. You can find that video. It's viral on Twitter right now. Uh, I thought that was awesome yesterday as well, Craig. All right, Frank, uh, thanks. Yeah, that one was a cool story, but here's what is not. And unfortunately, we are now, um, you know, we're now a few months, a couple of months into the show together here, and I have my first ban of a topic on the show. And I'm sorry to bring it All to right, you. you I'm, sorry to, I'm sorry to give it to you. But, um, you know, and I understand that, look, there we have some partnerships uh, here, and I'm not going to eliminate those. But until the Knicks start winning consistently, I'm going to have to ban the Knicks from the rundown. I'm sorry. I mean, it, oh, I mean, it on, is Greg. it is every oh, day with these <laughs> Craig, stories. Craig <laughs> it is every day with these uh, stories, with you and then Bavona in my ear. Hey, buddy, the Knicks. I, I don't want to hear it. I, I'm done. I'm finished. I'm finished. It's the same stories every single day. Look, they're not good. They're never going to be good. And when they are good, we'll bring them back to the show.
But until then, I'm done. Oh, don't say that, Craig. It's every day, every uh, all right, day, I'm officially, it's the same story. I'm officially listing Craig Mish as trending down for the rest of the show oh. for knocking the New York Knicks after that not huge everybody, win, Craig. How dare you? Not everybody who watches this show or listens cares about the Knicks. In fact, a small percentage do. So there's a ban starting now, like they banned me from Twitter. I'm hacking the show. And until they start getting good, we're not doing Knicks every single day. It's not happening. Okay. Uh, trending down for me. Uh, Daniel Norris, two innings pitch, six hits, four earned runs. Daniel Norris, I mean, I mean, is there a post-high pipe, post-post-high pipe sleeper thing? Because that's who Daniel Norris is at this point. We were talking about this guy three years ago. Um, just really yeah. has not worked out. That's definitely trending down. Aristides Aquino. Oof. I mean, we were a little bit worried about him going into the season. I thought he was worth a flyer of some kind. He didn't even get taken in the Labor Mixed League draft. Another 0 for yesterday. He's now 0 for 14 in the spring. And I guess it doesn't really matter. But as I said yesterday, I think you'd rather have your players doing better than doing worse. And in this case, Aquino just uh, is not off to a good start. Maybe he needs to go to the minors a little bit. But uh, look, still a good uh, two and a half weeks to go before we get that all sorted out. And then finally trending down for me. We were talking about Aaron Judge before. How about Judge Judy feuding with uh, CBS? And after 25 years, she decided to call it quits. Judge Judy, one of those afternoon shows where if you have no job and you're just sitting on the couch and you pop the TV on, you love Judge Judy. Unfortunately, a lot of us have jobs now, so we don't get to watch her as much. But uh, maybe after uh, today, we won't have jobs and we can go back to watching Judge Judy until she wraps up her career. But sad to see this coming to an end for me, Frank. That's what's trending down. Yeah, we can go back to watching Judge Judy, and then we can go back to watching the New York Knicks and enjoying them and talking to our friends oh and family gosh. about the New York Knicks because everybody loves the New York Knicks, Craig. Trending down for me, you mentioned Aristides Aquino. Travis Shaw, I got a few Blue Jays here. Am I trending up, trending down? That is uh, not by design, I swear. Travis Shaw struggling early on here in spring training. One for 11 with seven strikeouts. Obviously struggled big time last year. Uh, and He was someone that we labeled as a sleeper at the third base position, Craig. But Travis Shaw, I think, you know, normally I've mentioned I don't want players to perform too well in the spring because then the ADP gets out of control. Travis Shaw was one where I wouldn't have minded seeing him perform well in the spring because obviously had a dreadful season in 2019. So I wanted to see some kind of hope of a bounce back here. But early on, only 11 at-bats, but... You know, he's made 10 outs. Seven of those are via the strikeout. Not what you want to see from Travis Shaw. Jordan Alvarez scratched from the lineup earlier today. And I had on the rundown, no news yet on why. And I just saw this came out on Twitter. Uh, he scratched due to knee soreness. So something to monitor here when it comes to Jordan Alvarez, Craig. Yet another name going inside the top three rounds that is scratched due to an injury right now. I don't know the severity of the situation. I just want to throw it out there for people who are drafting, who might have Jordan Alvarez shares already. Obviously, the kid was phenomenal last year. Nearly 50 home runs combined between the minors and the majors uh, and very high expectations this upcoming season. But um, obviously some worry here with the knee injury when it comes to Yordan Alvarez. Last but not least here, Craig, my final trending down story. Maybe we can make this a segment that we do every single day. A millennial complaining about millennials. That's me. Uh, I'm going to have my own get off my lawn segment here. I'm stealing the bit from Gabe Morenci. I know he does it on the morning after, Craig. And you've got to see this. It's a, a sight to behold, a skeptical here in New York City in the MTA subway system. So obviously, there's a lot of people traveling to, to work in the morning, which means the staircase going to be very crowded. 
instead of millennials just walking up the stairs and keeping things moving, you know what they're doing, Craig? They take out their phone and they're recording so that they can show everybody how many people are trying to walk up the stairs in the morning. That doesn't help anybody. What are you going to do? Post it on social media? Send it to your friends on Snapchat? Oh, my God. Can't believe how many people are, are walking up the stairs here at the L train platform. This is out of control. You know, maybe the MTA is going to build another uh, a staircase. No, they're not going to do anything about it. Haven't people realized that by now? If you just keep it moving instead of stopping and recording, Craig, then... You know, things will move a little bit smoother. Maybe we can get up the stairs instead of worrying about, you know, filming it and sending it on Snapchat and tweeting it out and putting it on Facebook and sending it to your friends. Just very frustrating, Craig. I'm, I'm honestly an old man just living in a millennial body. I don't know if you've realized that by now. Well, no, I mean, I, I think that you're a combination of both for sure. Is it When, when somebody says <laughs> millennial, is there a positive connotation to millennial anyway these days? Like, are people proud of being millennial? I don't think so. Yeah, like. Yeah, like what's the what's the benefit of being a millennial? I, I don't know. I, I have a cool I mustache. I, I live in Brooklyn. I'm a hipster. I ride a bicycle. I don't. I don't know. Like what's <laughs> what's the the positive of being a millennial nowadays? I don't know. I haven't. I've yet yeah. to find one. Yeah, I don't have many. <laughs> Chris Bavona agrees with you. We can't say what he said on the air though. All right, uh, we got to take a quick time out on fantasy sports today. When we come back next, we'll have a preview of the Toronto Blue Jays from a fantasy perspective. We'll also go over some of their uh, props as well on FanDuel. You're watching fantasy sports today. Craig Mish, along with Grant Stample here on SportsGrid. And we'll be back after a quick time out with our Blue Jays preview. Don't go away. DailyRoto.com. Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you premier advice. We play every day. All major sports, all year round, we never stop. Industry-leading DFS tools and custom projections. And now, the DailyRoto.com Optimizer. In minutes, build an optimized lineup for cash games and tourneys. Learn from the game's best DFS players. Join DailyRoto.com. Fantasy Sports Today with Craig Mish and Frank Stanford. And welcome back. This is Fantasy Sports Today. Craig Mish along with Frank Stample here with you guys on the show until 1 o'clock on the East. Time to take a look at the uh, Toronto Blue Jays. We dive into our team previews. And, uh, you know, Frank, let's kind of uh, just give an overview before we take a look at the uh, Blue Jays lineup. Uh, look, Toronto last year uh, went into the season, and I think that they weren't really – they were one of those teams that wasn't really trying to win. They looked at the Yankees. They looked at the Red Sox. They looked at the Rays and thought, do we have a chance to compete? Probably not. They didn't have uh, Kevin Biggio at the beginning of the season. They didn't have Bo Bichette at the beginning of the season. They had no pitching staff at the beginning of the season. And then on the eve of the season, if you remember, they traded Kevin Pillar. So they basically punted before the season started, and uh, the result showed itself. I mean, this was one of the worst teams in the American League last year. The Blue Jays, as we've discussed here on the show, are in one of those baseball markets that they really don't accept tanking. They don't accept rebuilds. It's very hard for them to do that with the great fan base that they have there. So essentially what they did was they took a year off and then decided to jump back into the free agent market a little bit this year. And they signed Hunjin Ru to a long-term deal. A lot of people uh, wondering if that's going to work out. But uh, where their money is going to be made this year, Frank, no doubt, will be on the offensive side. 
where they have three really high-end top performers uh, and potentially a couple of more. This could be a much improved lineup. The question is, does that get them to 500? Does it get them above, below? And that's kind of what we'll dive in today. So just a quick overview, Frank, on the Blue Jays to start. I think that they're an incredibly young team. Obviously, you look at the starting lineup, they have a lot of those youngsters in there. Bo Bichette, Kevin Biggio, Lourdes Gurriel, uh, Vladimir Guerrero, even Rowdy Telez as well is a youngster there for the Toronto Blue Jays. I think we're going to see some growing pains throughout the course of the season. This is a team that's been trending down five years in a row in terms of uh, their wins. They've gone from 93 to 89, 76, 73, and 67 in each of the past five years. Uh, and I think that, you know, they're getting ready for a bounce back. They're getting ready to uh, kind of propel themselves back up here. But I don't know that it's going to happen yet in 2020. I think we might be a year or two away because obviously they have some young pitching prospects who are coming, uh, and we have to expect some growing pains for the young hitters. I, I think that this is a team to be excited about for the future. I just don't think it's going to happen yet in 2020, Craig. Yeah, I don't, I don't think so either. But, you know, again, they're going to try to improve on that record last year and 67 wins even getting to 75 wins, people don't realize it's like a huge jump, eight wins. I don't even know if they can get to that. But with the disappointing season that they had last year, they got rid of a lot of players. You know, Pilar is gone, Smoke is gone, and they're at the point now where they've got those young players in. So taking a look at their uh, starting lineup, at least their projected starting lineup this season, Frank, uh, Bo Bichette will probably lead off, uh, be at shortstop. Kevin Biggio will be at second. Lourdes Gurriel Jr., who uh, couldn't throw the ball to first base at one point last year. They sent him to the minors to play outfield, came back, was an absolute beast in the second half of the season. Vladimir Guerrero Jr., everyone expects big things from him. We're going to go over his home run total a little bit later. Travis Shaw will probably end up playing first for them to start the season. Uh, then, of course, you have Randall Grichuk batting sixth, who can get very hot and get very cold. Rowdy Talese will be in a platoon timeshare, a designated hitter, it would appear. Teoscar Hernandez. Um, who also has some significant potential, has not proven to be a great on-base guy, so he'll bat at the bottom of the lineup, and then their catcher, uh, potentially to start the season, uh, will be Reese McGuire, who carries no fantasy value uh, whatsoever. So, um, you know, Frank, looking at this lineup for you, I mean, it stands out. Uh, they, you know, they have one through four young players, very solid players that could potentially help you. Uh, five is a question mark with Shaw. We'll get into him in a minute. And then uh, Grichuk is going to bat lower in the lineup this season. And then their bottom of the lineup is a little bit iffy. But this is a team that should score some runs, I would think, when they bounce around the American League, just simply because they have a lot of upside there. But I would also caution people, Frank, and you know this as well as anybody, that in fantasy, the odds of Bichette, Biggio, Gurriel Jr., and Guerrero Jr. all hitting this year for you in fantasy is very slim. These are all second-year players. I mean, who do you think the most likely one out of these four to take a step back is? I cannot see all four of these guys being stars. It just doesn't happen like that in baseball. Yeah, I think my my bet would probably be Kevin Biggio, just because he struggles a lot with strikeouts. I know he has a good eye at the plate. He has very good plate discipline, but at times he's actually too passive. He lets too many he sees too many pitches if there's such a thing for a young player, and he lifts the ball a lot. And I understand, you know, the the, the pedigree that comes with him, the family, uh, son of a Hall of Famer. Uh, but you know, when it comes to you know who is most likely to take the step back, uh, I do worry a little bit about Kevin Biggio. A lot of swing and miss in that swing, and he lifts a lot of fly balls, so we could expect. A, lot, a lower batting average for him as well. You know, someone we haven't spoken enough about probably yet is Lourdes Gurriel Jr., Craig. And you mentioned it. You know, when he first got started last year, the first couple of weeks, he couldn't throw. It's almost like he had the yips. He was batting like 175, striking out a ton, not making good contact. When he came back up, Craig, the rest of the way, 292 batting average, 
you know, lowered that strikeout rate, hit the ball incredibly hard, 46% hard contact rate, started lifting the ball. Um, you know, he dealt with some injuries later on in the year, knee and quad, you know, in the second half and that August, September kind of cut his season short. But, you know, I think he's someone that can hit 260 to 270, 25 home runs, you know, chip in a few stolen bases as well. I don't, I don't think people realize that he'll probably give you seven, eight stolen bases as, as well. You know, I, I think we should probably spend more time on, on Lourdes Gurriel because you know, obviously Bo Bichette is getting a lot of hype. He's a, you know, fifth round pick, middle round pick there, Vladimir Guerrero as well. But it seems like Lourdes Gurriel is the one that's kind of being swept under the rug. And I think that he actually has some significant upside here as well, Craig. Yeah, and, and the thing with Gurriel is that when he got to the big leagues and he came over from Cuba, he and his brother Yulieski Gurriel both defected. Uh, Lourdes was kind of an afterthought there. And, uh, you know, honestly, uh, Yulieski was the one that really got the big payday. And even though there's, of course, all the stuff going on with the Astros, I mean, Yuli Gurriel was the star on that team and put together that career year last year. Uh, ironically, uh, Lourdes did put together a career year last year as well, and now he is uh, definitively on the fantasy map as well. And even if Biggio was to struggle, you could just simply see them you know, bumping Gurriel up to the two spot and keeping him there. I don't think there's any questions. So yeah, I think that we're on the same page in terms of the offense. Rowdy Talese is more of an American League-only player. Uh, Teoscar Hernandez was somebody that I identified about five years ago when I saw him play in, uh, in Astro Spring Training. He was on some of the backfields. And talking to people there, they told me this is a potential 2020 guy. I think we're getting closer there with him. And remember, he's still in his prime. Still got a chance to break out. A lot harder, though, at the bottom of the lineup, especially in front of the catcher. Uh, and then the one player that I think brings the most interesting dynamic to the 2020 season, because we have no idea what he's going to be, Frank, is, of course, Travis Shaw. And taking a look at Travis Shaw's numbers from 2018 to 2019, there is just a stark difference in, uh, in statistically what he ended up doing. Uh, I was an owner of Travis Shaw last year, Frank, and, uh, and somebody that I counted on in, in a couple of different leagues, especially in the NL format. I think about that, how important I'm counting on Shaw coming off a 32 home run season, 88 runs driven in, 73 runs, an OBP around 32%. I thought, okay, you know, worst case scenario, we've seen Shaw hit 20 home runs, drive in 70. I'm like, all right, so if he's a bust, I'll lose 10 home runs, I'll lose 15 runs driven in. Shaw was probably one of the biggest fantasy busts in 2019. And Frank, there was no injury discussion for the most part with him. And, and I don't like to put injuries on guys like Stanton would have been the biggest bust then because he didn't play last year. But I mean, Shaw played, sent him to the minors, and essentially they dumped him in the offseason and did him a favor because he needed a change of scenery. But I got to tell you, Frank, uh, this is the polarizing player for me here. What do you think, man? Do you think that he bounces back and he's more of what we saw in 2018? Has he fallen off a cliff? Is there anything extra that you've seen in some of the underlying numbers that would lead you to believe that either he could go one way or the other this year? Yeah, I'm starting to get a little nervous about Shaw. Originally, I had him as a deeper sleeper, as your corner infielder, someone you could get incredibly late this year in fantasy baseball. But uh, this slow start to spring is something that, you know, I'm paying attention to here for Travis Shaw. And look, we could take it one step further. 2017, Craig, I mean, he had a breakout season as well. His average season from 2017 to 2018, 258 batting average, 31 and a half homers, 78 and a half runs, 93 and a half ribbies. I mean, that is a phenomenal season from a corner infielder in Travis. Shaw. Uh, and then you're right, 2019 just completely bottomed out. I will say this, uh, he said that he dealt with an injury 
uh, a wrist injury in May last year that kind of like set him back for the rest of the season. I don't know how true that is. Maybe it was something that hurt him early on, uh, and then he just couldn't get his swing back for the rest of the season. But, you know, the strikeouts are always going to be there for Travis Shaw. You don't expect him to contribute much in batting no. average. Normally has a good walk rate, so solid for OBP and points formats, Craig. Uh, 10.5% career walk rate, so solid eye at the plate. But, man, the past, you know, couple of seasons and 2019, uh, I, I think it, it does have me a little bit more worried now. Uh, if I see him do anything in spring, hopefully he can bounce back here. Still a good ballpark to hit in out there in Rogers Center. Uh, good division to play in. Gets to hit in Yankee Stadium. Gets to hit in Camden Yards. But you know, if he struggles early on, how much uh, how much do the Blue Jays actually owe Travis Shaw? Right. So I, I, if he struggles yeah, early on, lot. they probably go to someone like Rowdy Telez or they move on to someone else at, at first base. So I don't think yeah. that he's going to have a long leash at all this upcoming season. Yeah, Greg. Brandon. Brandon Drury could be another one that could could start to get playing time. Right. They could also move uh, Vlad Jr. over to first base. There are a lot of people who think that that's going to happen uh, eventually. Very, I, I think that they're just kind of forcing him to play third base, but he's a bigger guy, and at this stage of his career, they still want to see if he can play a little defense. But uh, look, a, a good lineup, I would say, with the circle of Travis Shaw being uncertain, no doubt. Uh, Toronto uh, you know, goes from Pilar and Smoke, adds some of the younger players there. It does seem to make a lot of sense. But the issue for the Jays, as we'll talk about a little bit later in the show, no question, is the starting pitching. And that's where they're uh, tried to improve. Did they do enough to improve? Did they do enough to stay in the mix? We're going to talk about that next as we'll talk about their projected rotation and also tell you who may be one of their breakout pitching stars potentially in 2020. So uh, what we'll do now is we'll take a quick time out here on SportsGrid and let me set you up for the rest of the show. Uh, up next, as we continue to dive into the Blue Jays, we'll talk about their projected rotation and closers. Also, each team preview that we have, we'll do a deeper dive into the team's farm system. And a lot of this is more for uh, people who are doing redraft leagues, uh, not so much keeper leagues. If you guys have any keeper questions, of course, you could send them our way. We'll answer them on YouTube. For the most part, these are fantasy factors for the year 2020, which is, of course, now. Uh, second hour of the show, we'll go through the top five home run props on the Blue Jays, and then uh, we'll dive into their 2020 season win total courtesy of FanDuel. We'll be right back on Sports Grid, Frank and Craig, right after this. Don't go away. DailyRoto.com. Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you premier advice. We play every day. All major sports, all year round, we never stop. Industry-leading DFS tools and custom projections. And now, the DailyRoto.com Optimizer. In minutes, build an optimized lineup for cash games and tourneys. Learn from the game's best DFS players. Join DailyRoto.com. Fantasy Sports Today with Craig Mish and Frank Stanford. Welcome back to Fantasy Sports Today. Frank Stample and Craig Mish. Craig, of course, in South Florida. Frank today in New Jersey. As we got you here on Sports Grid on Fantasy Sports Today, getting ready for the fantasy baseball season starts in 23 days from today. Excited for that, of course. March Madness is coming up, too. Great time of the month. Lots of golf. The Masters on the way as well. Uh, today is our preview of the Toronto Blue Jays. So those of you who uh, may be just tuning in now, you can go back on demand and watch our discussion about all of their hitters. But uh, let's uh, dive in, Frank, before we uh, take a look at some of their pitchers. 
Uh, boy, uh, Blue Jays pitchers over the last decade, Frank, it has been, I mean, is a disaster putting it nicely for them? I don't know. Like, uh, you know, they had Ari Dickey at one point. They had Marcus Stroman at one point. They had uh, Roy Halladay, rest in peace, at one point. But it has been tough to find really good starting pitchers for the Blue Jays. And even the younger guys who they brought up in the past, like Aaron Sanchez, didn't pan out either. And maybe it's just an organizational thing, but they decided this offseason they had enough of it. And <laughs> they went out and spent some money. Yeah, and I think they had to do that. This rotation, you're right, even this year is not great, obviously, but over the past decade or so uh, hasn't been uh, impressive for the Toronto Blue Jays. And you mentioned the name R.A. Dickey. Imagine trading Noah Syndergaard away to get R.A. Dickey at the time. Obviously, we didn't know Noah Syndergaard was going to turn out to be the player that he is now. Uh, but at the time, just trading away a prospect for like a mid-30-year-old knuckleballer is just uh, crazy to think about uh, when we yeah. you know, look in the past when it comes to the Toronto Blue Jays. Obviously, look, they have some youngsters coming up, Nate Pierce and Anthony Kay. We'll talk about some of these guys, uh, and you know maybe those two will be the saviors for the future of the Toronto Blue Jays. But right now, outside of Hinjin Ryu and you know Matt Shoemaker, who I have somewhat interest in, uh, I don't really think that there's much to be excited about in this rotation, Craig. All right, so uh, with that being said, let's take a look at the uh, Toronto Blue Jays 2020 pitching rotation and who in all likelihood will be closing for them in 2020. Of course, at the top, we have Ryu who's coming off the fantastic year last year. Over the last five years, Ryu has missed a lot of time due to injury, and so we'll have to see if that is indeed the case. But they are going to need 30 starts from Ryu this year, without a doubt. Uh, Tanner Roark at this stage of his career seems like, kind of feels like, uh, Frank, a mercenary, where he's just going to pop from team to team, and they're going to be hoping for 25, 30 starts from of an ERA in the mid-fours. Kind of sounds about right to me. Uh, Chase Anderson will get into a little bit deeper, has a little bit maybe more upside than a couple of these other pitchers, so we'll see. Uh, Shoemaker, who you mentioned, if you told me Matt Shoemaker was making 30 starts this season, I'd be very interested. The problem is, Frank, you can't tell me he's ever going to make 30 starts, let alone three starts in a fantasy season, and that indeed is the issue. And then, of course, they're going to uh, shun Yamaguchi, who pitched the other day. Uh, he pitched his first start, he didn't pitch well, second start went better. And then Trent Thornton, who they've kind of had to force into their like two or three hole, uh, has been difficult to see. But it's going to be one of those two guys you see there on the screen between Yamaguchi and Thornton, probably. And they won't even see them until mid-April because nobody needs a, a, a fifth starting pitcher. Uh, their closer, of course, at least for the time being, is Ken Giles, who uh, is signed right now with them through this year. We'll see if they end up moving him in July. I think that's a possibility. But Giles is, of course, a different kind of cat. Seems to uh, you know thrive in these lower end situations, and that's what Toronto is. Wilmer Font potentially, I think, could be their uh, handcuff, and you know Anthony Bass is still there as well. I'm not a huge fan of him, but his skill set does get a lot of swing and miss. So maybe Font, maybe Bass, but uh, you know Giles to me is the bona fide closer, and he went for $13 in the mixed league that I did the other day. He's probably a top 10 closer in fantasy going into the season, and you wouldn't have thought that two years ago. So. Uh, Frank, that's what I got here on the Jays. I have some mild interest in uh, in a couple of these guys, but knowing that they're going to have to face the Yankees and the Red Sox and the Rays so many times, and even at home, I, I just don't think that in any league, unless it's like an NFBC 50 rounder, that I'm going to end up with any of these guys. 
Yeah, and I actually have drafted a few shares of Shun Yamaguchi as well, the uh, the Japanese product that they signed in the offseason competing for the fifth uh, the fifth rotation spot here with the Toronto Blue Jays. But again, that's just in a draft champions, 50-round draft where it's incredibly late, just taking a shot on an arm that you might think have a rotation spot. Hinjin Ryu, you mentioned it, look, the, their only chance of somewhat making noise this year is if he can make 30 starts. He's only done that once in his career, even last year. Uh, pitched 102 and two-thirds innings pitch, 182 and two-thirds innings pitch, excuse me. Uh, that was his most since 20, uh, 2013, and that was only 29 starts worth last year for Ryu. Um, look, he was phenomenal last year. There's no doubt about that. Incredible command, incredible change-up when it comes to Ryu, uh, but a matter of staying healthy. And you look at the ADP, Craig, you know, over the past week over at the NFBC, he's still going around names like Max Freed and Zach Gallen. He's going like 10, 15 picks later than these guys. Going around Julio Urias, who you know I think has infinitely much more upside uh, than a Ryu. Matthew Boyd, we saw pitch over the weekend with the Yankees, looked absolutely phenomenal as well. So I can't get behind drafting Ryu around some of the names that he's uh, going around right now in drafts. So uh, he's going to be a fade for me unless the price drops a little bit over the next few weeks here. Tanner Roark, I agree with you. I think he's just going to bounce around uh, a 4-3-4 ERA or higher in three straight seasons. Chase Anderson, someone that, that we'll look a little bit more into here. There is some swing and miss, and he had some good seasons with the Brewers, but you take a deeper dive. Uh, it seems like those were helped out by low BABIPs and unsustainable home run to fly ball rates. Uh, Matt Shoemaker, look, last year only made five starts. 1.57 ERA, 0.87 WHIP, 13% swinging strike rate. If that would have qualified for the season, and I realize it's only five starts, that would have been top 20 among starting pitchers. Better than Charlie Morton, better than Noah Syndergaard. So Matt Shoemaker absolutely has the swing and miss stuff, and he gets a ton of ground balls. Last year, 51% ground ball rate. Uh, a devastating slider is Matt Shoemaker, but uh, it, it's a matter of health for Shoemaker. Can he stay healthy? Uh, and then Shun Yamaguchi and Trent Thornton kind of battling out here here. Uh, Yamaguchi last year in Japan, 2.78 ERA uh, with 194 strikeouts and 181 innings pitch. Has a nasty forkball as well. Uh, had a really good second start in spring. So someone that I'm paying attention to, uh, I'd rather take the shot on Yamaguchi over Trent Thornton. I saw a few people try to talk up Trent Thornton last year, Craig. He has the high spin rates on his breaking pitches, but hasn't really performed well in the minors. Didn't perform well last year in the majors. Pitches to fly balls. And that's just not a recipe for success in the AL East and, and pitching in Rogers Center out there in Toronto. Uh, and obviously, we've spoken a ton about Ken Giles. I'm with you. I mean, I think I have him as like a top six or seven closer this upcoming season. I think as long as he stays healthy, the strikeouts are going to be there. He's going to give you good ratios. I'm probably going to save 30-plus games as long as he remains with the Blue Jays. So I'm with you on Giles. He's a closer that I'm targeting this upcoming season, Craig. For sure, yeah. And I and I think that, look, there, there's something to be said for you know going after Hendricks, going after Osuna. And there are some people that are worried about Giles. I mean, look at the numbers for Giles when he's on. When he's on, he's like the number one closer in fantasy. It's just that, uh, you know, sometimes those those issues get to him, especially as they did in Houston and even at the end in Philadelphia. Uh, let's take a look at Chase Anderson here for a minute because this is a little bit more of uh, the reliability standpoint for uh, the Blue Jays this year. I mean, look, his numbers aren't sexy, but I wonder if getting a little bit more offense behind him would lead to more wins. Now, the problem is, Frank, is, is this guy's like a five-inning pitcher. And I don't love the Blue Jays' bullpen, but if he could get deeper into games, he could get more wins. I mean, he won eight games last year, made 32 starts. He won nine games the year before and made 30 starts. His ERA is going to be around four. His whip is going to be around 1.2. 
and there isn't a ton of injury history there, maybe we're not looking enough at Chase Anderson. He's not sexy, but if he's your SP6 or SP7, I think maybe you could do worse. Yeah, I'm going to be off uh, Chase Anderson this upcoming season. Craig, can't get behind this one. I'd rather have Matt Shoemaker this upcoming season. Uh, again, the underlying numbers, he pitches to fly balls. That's Chase Anderson. Uh, you know, Pitching in the AL East, I don't think that that's going to be conducive to success. Allows a lot of hard contact, over 36% hard contact rate in back-to-back seasons. Uh, the strikeouts have come down since that 2017 season. Phenomenal 2017, where he put up a 2.74 ERA. Uh, the strikeouts have come back down each of the past two seasons, while the walks have gone gone up and he's giving up more home runs as well so I, I just see that 2017 as as an outlier and everything else in his career he's either been around a four ERA or above a four ERA so man I can't get behind you when it comes to Chase Anderson I do like Matt Shoemaker uh, Ryu I think is interesting but still don't like the price uh, based on the names that he's going around uh, Yamaguchi I think is an interesting name in deeper leagues AL only formats but Outside of those three and Ken Giles in the bullpen, I'm probably staying away from everyone else here on this uh, Toronto Blue Jays pitching staff, Craig. Yeah, I mean, Shoemaker uh, threw 28 innings last year, 31 innings the year before, 77 innings the year before that. I mean, the guy's only throwing really good innings, Craig. Come on. Yeah, I just, I don't got interest in (laughs) Shoemaker. The reality is, and we're going to take a look at them, the reality is is that two or three of these names are probably not going to even be in the Blue Jays' rotation at the end of the year, and here's why. We're going to show you. Uh, Nate Pearson and Anthony Kay are probably two of the top five prospects in the Blue Jays' organization, and uh, they are, I, I think, have a chance to be real studs, Frank. Um, no doubt about it. I mean, you're looking at two very high-end pitchers, They're both rookies going into the year. Pearson has looked great in the spring. Kay, of course, came over in the trade. I mean, I think 2021, they're both in the rotation, but I think there's a chance we see both this summer. Yeah, there's talk that Anthony Kay can even compete for the fifth starter job right now. I don't know that they're going to be that aggressive with him uh, from the get-go, but former first-round pick in 2016 from the New York Mets, came over in the Marcus Stroman trade uh, last year and pitched incredibly well across Double A and Triple A, two nine six ERA, one two five WHIP, one hundred and thirty five Ks, and just over one hundred and thirty three innings pitched. That was Anthony K. Uh, has like a low to mid nineties fastball, curveball, changeup, solid three pitch combination. And I spoke about Nate Pearson yesterday. What I saw from this kid over the weekend against the Pittsburgh Pirates, he made Josh Bell look like a minor league player. He completely embarrassed him, Craig. I'm telling you, uh, Nate Pearson, one hundred miles per hour on the gun, uh, devastating breaking pitches as well the the problem is i don't know how many innings we're going to go get out of him is he going to be a june right. call up july call up mid-season maybe second half so you know if we get 60 to 80 innings out of nate pearson i think those will be really really good innings craig yeah a couple of rookies and good news for the blue jays that they have actual pitchers that have some high pedigree that could actually pitch in the big leagues it's been a while on that all right we'll take a quick time out on fantasy sports today hour number two is next we'll go into the players home run props don't go away DailyRoto.com. Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you premier advice. We play every day. All major sports, all year round, we never stop. Industry-leading DFS tools and custom projections. And now, the DailyRoto.com Optimizer. In minutes, build an optimized lineup for cash games and tourneys. Learn from the game's best DFS players. Join DailyRoto.com. 